Welcome back, listeners, and welcome to If I Only Knew, the podcast where we talk about absolutely anything. And today we're going to talk about a very interesting concept called reactance theory. First, let's welcome my co-host extraordinaire, Matt. Matt, how are you? G'day, Fred. I'm doing pretty well today. Now, Matt, I, I want to avoid discussions about things related to pandemics, mm-hmm. but in a pandemic, in this fantastic feast that is human behaviour, for a psychologist, we see examples of things that I find fascinating. So this podcast comes out around the time of the football finals for us, and it coincides with a, a spike a doubling of cases of COVID-19, thanks to the Delta virus, in Victoria, mm. Matt's home state. Indeed. But I, I want to speak about some of the precursors to that, this idea of reactance theory. Matt, have you heard of reactance theory? Only from you, Fred, so take okay. it away. So for those that out there, I'll give you a 30-second primer on reactance theory. Reactance theory is this concept that some of us, under no circumstances, will deal with the idea of being told what to do. Okay, we will rally against authority. These are the people that take off their shoes and walk across the park when they see the sign, don't walk on the grass. They're the ones that light up when they see the no smoking sign. They're the ones that start to laugh when they say, turn off your phone in the movies. There are some people that are just wired in a way that they are so adverse to authority and oppression that they will react and sometimes in ways that are completely disadvantageous to them Hmm. uh, insofar as that they will incur consequences that they could otherwise avoid because of their reactance to authority. Uh, In popular culture, if you ever watch uh, a show, it's a terrible show and it really doesn't do justice to unemployed people. It's called Housos. There is a character called (laughs) Frankie in there whose catchphrase is, don't assert your authority over me. In a psychological context, reactance theory is the basis for why a lot of people find themselves experiencing consequences when others will experience the same precursors and not react. So in school, those people that have potentially perennial behavioural issues, um, in our prisons, we know there are people that have broken rules that they know is otherwise not in their best interest. A good example of that, Matt, is these people you hear about on the news that get caught driving the fifth and sixth and seventh time after their license has been suspended. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, at its worst in a, a psychological context, we, there are concepts of oppositional defiance disorder. Some people that are so hardwired to push back on authority Hmm. that they can simply not be told uh, what to do by an authority figure, whether it be a police officer, a teacher, you name it, you know, a politician, the laws. And there are other people with what we call adjustment disorder who struggle with rules in general. I'm not going to talk about the validity of those diagnostic criteria, but I'm going to use a social example I've seen recently. The Melbourne Grand Final was on. Uh, The Melbourne Demons were, spoiler alert, successful in the AFL Grand Final. (laughs) But shortly after that Grand Final, Victoria's numbers doubled for COVID cases. And it's because the Premier came out and said people broke the rules. Mm -hmm. So tell me about why they did that. Mm-hmm. What do I, you think happened? And we're going to acknowledge up front, Matt didn't break any rules. He wasn't at no, any super spreader events. 
quite. No, far from that. And there were no bricks thrown through any union building windows by me. I can be confident of that. Well, and the other point is that the riots that happened, the construction <laughs> riots, the three-day rolling riots in Victoria yep. from the construction industry about mandatory vaccinations. Again, it's a concept of some people don't want to be told what to do. Yeah. So give yeah. me your thoughts on why Victorians potentially broke the rules. Why, why did the grand final give people the permission to break the rules? I really like this theory. I, I appreciate that you kind of brought it to me because it speaks to some of this idea that I felt in myself for a long, long time. I'm a very rule-abiding citizen, sometimes far too much, far too much for my own good. But then I see other people who it just doesn't phase. Yeah. And in many ways, they seem to be the ones who get to live a better life, quote-unquote, because certainly during this pandemic, you know, there are plenty of people who have seen friends who have continued their life more or less unfazed, however it might be, quite clearly in contradiction to the rules. But they've managed to salvage the most from these last couple of years. And so that, that grates on me. But it's very interesting to have this lens of like, well, we have this, this descriptor for them. It's this reactance theory where they're opposed to this authority in a way that I simply am not. So that's a, a useful learning for me. Now, why has this idea seemed to be most applicable during the grand final? That's an interesting question. I think there's a few things. The, the first idea and the one that I think is most sympathetic, and I think every single person in Victoria will appreciate, at least on some level, this idea. And it's the fact that we've been locked down and under certain rules for so very long. And so I just think there's this really strong sense of lockdown fatigue. You know, people are sick of it. And of course they are, because these things are very, very difficult for so many people. So I think that that's not surprising, right? I don't find that um, particularly troubling, nor do I find it particularly surprising. Still not an excuse to endanger a state to something as concerning as COVID, but I at least understand lockdown fatigues. Now, the grand final stands as a fascinating trigger cause, a catalyst to something like this for a couple of reasons. I think it's the first time that uh, the Melbourne Demons have been in the grand final for a long, long time. The Western Bulldogs have also been some up-and-comers for a while now. And so I think there was this kind of ecstatic energy around Melbourne and wider Victoria. And so I think people thought that, well, now's the time to get together. You know, maybe Maybe people who gathered for these celebrations would have waited till Christmas or would have waited to another time if it weren't for the grand final. But I do think the way people make meanings out of their own life can be very anchored in certain events and certain days. So I'm not surprised that this served as a catalyst for some people. Once again, that's not an excuse. Celebrate in a COVID safe way because this is a pandemic and extremely dangerous situation. But I can understand why something is emotionally charged and really very significant why it would serve as a catalyst because it is really significant to a lot of these people. And as someone who's not like a huge AFL fan, you know, I played Auskick and stuff, but but I've never been a follower of, of the league. I think it's a little bit hard for me to quite understand just how significant something like an AFL premiership to a team that's been lacking them for so long might be to some of their supporters. Um, so I think, you know, that's, that's something that, again, I understand. I don't think it's at all excusable. The stuff that I struggle to understand further, though, is this sense of just, well, you know, stuff the rules, whatever. You know, I'm going to do what I want to do. It could come from, I think, a, a place of willful ignorance. Oh, the virus doesn't exist. It's not as dangerous as people think it is or whatever. It's not going to get me. Um, 
and that's I think that's just rubbish at this point. We've we've been in the situation for almost two years now. Like surely you must be knowledgeable about the reality of the situation. I think that's a responsibility we all have to some extent. And as a Victorian, I think it should be especially clear because we have had to deal with it for so long. Um, but the other the other idea, the final idea in this that speaks to me, I think, is probably the sense of it won't happen to me. Yeah. Because it, it, that stands out to me. You know, people have for a long time, I'm sure, within Victoria been breaking the rules to greater or lesser extents. And I'm sure that there were far more gatherings on the grand final day than you or I will ever hear about. Yep. Because they haven't been super spreader events. But it's this notion that it won't happen to me. Oh, I'll get away with it. It's fine. You know, so it's an idea I'm kind of familiar with. I reckon that's the thought process that goes through a lot of people's minds in a circumstance like this. And I think that's really dangerous because I think that, well, yes, it can happen to you. Clearly, it has happened to you. And I think we've seen that again and again throughout the pandemic. There was that engagement party a little while ago um, that you may remember, Fred, where it just seemed to me it just felt as if these people were completely oblivious to the fact that COVID might actually spread because of that event. And then when it did, it was a disaster. And I think it's interesting, something that you talked about there is that human factor of uh, plausible deniability. Mm. It won't happen to me. Yes, it's out there. Mm. And I've heard people say, um, what are the odds? And I, I, I participate in a healthy way in concept of chance. You know, I, I really yeah. do believe in this idea of, you know, let's, let's run the odds. But here's the thing I find fascinating. Reactance theory is a subconscious choice. It's mm. almost a, a wiring issue, for lack of a better term, and my apologies. It can, you can definitely work with people to change their reaction to authority. Mm. But I think you touched on this idea of civil unrest being triggered by an event, a celebration, if you like. Now, if it was only the Melbourne Demon fans that broke the rules, numbers wouldn't have doubled. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was all, and, and, and I agree with you in that it probably just polarised and brought to the surface the rule breaking that was already there. Mm-hmm. But there was something in human nature where enough people said, fuck it, it probably won't be yeah. us. Yeah. That they, in fact, manifested that it's them. Yeah. You know, much like the protests where they were protesting vaccination and as a result of those protests, they've become a super spreader event Yeah, because people that were there had the illness that they were protesting the reality of in some yeah. regard. Yeah. It's not political. It's not a political worldview. I wonder, as a psychologist, there's, there's a couple of groups of people that are very fascinated by rules. The vast majority of us abide by the rules because they provide us a scaffolding of support. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the way I look at the way that people abide by rules is um, there is nothing more horrific than somebody that doesn't have a disability parking in a differently abled spot. Yeah. You, you would hate that person. They are, they are not a good person if they are taking from one person for their own benefit, there is no justification for that. Mm. But what people did with those grand final parties is that same act on a much broader scale. Yeah, They, they took 20 spots away from people that needed it. And what they did, in fact, was cause harm to people. Mm-hmm. And they were all, I'm not saying one person that organised the party is any more liable than the people that attended. Everybody was dumb that did that. Yeah. Okay, And it's been hard. It's been particularly hard on Victoria. They've been the second most lockdown city in the world. But 
the vast majority of us abide by the rules because it gives us comfort and support, which allows those people to break the rules a degree of comfort and support yeah. because yeah. it won't happen to me. Yeah, yeah. But the reason it doesn't happen to them if it doesn't happen to them is the effort that the rest of us put in to follow the rules. Yeah. There's a third psyche in this, which is the person that relies on everybody to follow the rules so they can break them to their own advantage. And that's yeah. a really narcissistic worldview. That's the person that says, while nobody else is getting their haircuts, I'll offer the hairdresser $500 to turn on the lights and cut my hair because I want to look good. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, sure. um, great. I've seen a fantastic skit from the Sushi Mango guys about in Melbourne taking the dog to the dog groomer and then trying to bribe the dog groomer to cut <laughs> the guy's hair. It's, and, and in the end, the guy goes, all right, you drive a hard bargain, $500. I know you said you don't cut human hair, but I believe in you. <laughs> Tony Reeson, jump on board. Sushi Mango are a particular favourite for this podcast for sure. So I do think there is this idea of some people that will argue against any rule. Hmm because they would rather have the fight regardless of the consequence than be told what to yeah. do. Yeah. And unfortunately for you and I, it's almost the diametric opposite to the way we live. Now we're all capable of breaking rules. I won't say, I, I know you drive. Have you ever sped before? Oh, I certainly like break plenty of rules for it. It's just whenever there's that authority figure above me, it's this feeling of, of illness almost that I get when I when I yeah. know I've broken it and, and gone against an authority figure. It's very, very, very strange. There, there are people I've met in my life. I'm in a senior management role, and I know that I have met people that simply dislike me because of the position that I hold. Yeah, yeah. And I'll give you a scenario. You're driving a little bit fast. You get pulled over by the police. There are some people, and I've done this, that will apologise when they're getting booked. My apologies, it won't happen again. Yeah. And there are those people that say, why don't you go catch real criminals and I pay your wages with my tax dollars. Yeah, yeah. And you sort of think, I don't like that sort of attitude. But do you think that what happened around grand final is this idea of, you know, reactance theory on a mass scale? Mm -hmm. Or was it just this complacency, this it won't happen to me? Or or does it have to be either or? It seemed, this is really interesting, I think... There's definitely elements of both, for sure. Um, To me, the stuff with the grand final seemed like a culmination of more general social factors, in large part, I think, because it happened on such a wide scale. And therefore, I think that that speaks to this sense of, well, a huge lockdown fatigue, a really emotionally charged event, and the sense of, well, it won't happen to me. Interestingly enough, that only holds up if you're the only one breaking the rules, as you've pointed out. I think the contrast I draw, though, Fred, may well be to the protests that we had going on in... Victoria around this similar time, um, because it feels to me that plenty of those protests seemed at least more driven by this reactance theory than some of the um, grand final stuff. And I don't know how far we want to get into that side of things. It's interesting. I think the parallel with the protests for me, which were the construction industry protesting mandatory vaccination, was that they turned on the very traditional support structure, which was the union movement that Mm. would otherwise fight for them. Mm. And I believe the union would say that it's in everybody's best interest to be healthy and keep their industry running. And I think they'd have a right to say that. I don't have a, a political opinion on that, but it was fascinating that a lot of people would see the union movement as a safety net, and yet people were attacking 
mm. all sides of authority. So I think that looked more like reactance theory to maybe the self-indulgence of the grand final mm. parties, mm. which I believe was a, was probably a, a more socially narcissistic decision that people were making. Mm. What I think is fantastic, if this episode prompts you to do further reading, the one thing about reactance theory that separates it from just being bad-tempered or having a bad day is this perpetuation of avoidable consequences. Mm. There is no doubt in my mind that there are people that will die as a result of people's actions at that protest and those parties that would otherwise not be risked if those things didn't happen. So the ultimate consequence sometimes for breaking rules will play out in this instance. People will get sick and they will die. This is no joke. Hmm. Um, and it's it's a fantastic human condition to have this plausible deniability that says it won't happen to me. Yeah. And that's something I probably we should explore in another podcast. This has been a little primer on reactance theory, guys, because you don't often see such a large-scale disobedience, if you like. It's a terrible word. It sounds very punitive. But the rules for most people are there for a reason, and we dislike them, mm, okay? Yeah. Absolutely dislike them to an extent where they impact on civil liberties. But we understand the greater good. And in this instance, we saw people rally against the greater good mm. for no personal gain, perhaps momentary personal gain or fleeting personal gain or the sugar hit of this perception of some freedom only to see that the consequences far outweigh the action. So just a, a great little one to think about, a nice psychological process that I've been fascinated by since I first found out about it many, many, many years mm. ago, Matt. Yeah, I like how it fits into my own experiences with abiding by rules and observing how other people abide by rules. It's at, at least as a descriptive term, it means a lot to me, having studied almost none of it. So that makes perfect sense. Thank you for listening to If I Only Knew This Week. We'll be back next week. Thank you for your time, Matt. Thank you very much, Fred. And we'll talk to you all soon. See ya.